Hi guys, my name is Nefe and welcome back to the Let's Talk Nigeria show with Nefe. Yes, how are you guys doing today? I mean, if you're a Nigerian living in Nigeria, I am pretty sure you're not doing fine. You know, I I mean, I know, I know, I, I mean, it's crazy seeing how hard things have become in just the space of how many... I mean, starting from last year itself with the whole Naira crunch and everything, but it just got really worse with this new government, you know. Um, during the campaign, they said it was renewed hope, but all, all I'm seeing now, like people say, is renewed shaggy renewed a new level of hardship and it's just really sad to see that we have a government that is extremely insensitive to the needs of the people extremely insensitive to the feelings of the people you know the government came and the first thing the on the first day was hardship removing subsidy you know for subsidy was out and then now power tariffs have gone up now they are saying they're taxing carbonated drinks they're going to tax you on your phones there's tax everywhere and it's crazy because there's no money i mean there are a lot of increasing expenses but there's no increase in salary the hardship is crazy you know and the funny thing is he, he said it during the campaign you no know, he said he was going to use the whole blueprint in lagos but what what he feels to understand is lagos of 1999 is not nigeria of 2023 nigeria of 2023 is way poorer than lagos of 1999 you cannot say you want to increase internally generated revenue by at the expense of 133 million nigerians who are in a whole level of multi-dimensional poverty no, a government needs to understand that you do not you don't make money by taxing your citizens every year every year and there you know the government needs to be creative you know i mean i don't want to i don't want to talk about like, the, the government because it's just really sad every time i get to talk to people and you know it's just really sad to see how people are suffering and i, I mean I, I keep asking myself if this happens if this continues for the next one month what's gonna happen because people are hungry already in the next one month salaries are not going up all these expenses are still coming all these tax I mean, God help us. You know, what I just say is that please be safe out there. You know, with, with with things like this, there's bound to be increasing crime rates. There's bound to be increasing insecurity. So please, if you must go out, be very careful. Stay safe. Um, if you can help, help people around you because the hardship is real. Help people around you. But most of all, help yourself, you know. Yeah, um, it is well. That's all I can say. But I mean, moving on. You know, in the last episode, we talked about the new government, its policies, how it's going to affect women and youth you know and we spent a lot of time on how you know the president promised that this government is going to have a lot of participation of women and youth and we spent a lot of time talking about that so if you haven't listened to it please check it out it's quite a long one but it's a very interesting one i had two amazing guests there and yeah you should check it out so today marks the 56th year since the commencement of the biafran war the nigerian civil war yeah 56 years ago july 6 1967 the biafran war commenced and it's one part of Nigerian history that as much as we wish to blot it out, we can't just blot it out because it happened. As much as people don't want to talk about it, it's something that really happened. People, lo- lo- their lives were lost, and people were killed, people, injustice was carried out. And we don't talk, I feel like we don't talk so much about it. And that's why when I see people say things, people tweet things nowadays, it just makes me laugh. You know, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with my friends, an Igbo boy, we were just gisting, and I jokingly said, with this Biafran boy and we laughed about it and later on like a couple of hours later it was like do you know that what you just said what you said earlier on we couldn't have said it in Rwanda and I took I, I paused and I was like that's true in Rwanda certain words are forbidden certain statements you cannot just say certain statements because they know the effects of those statements how it led to the Rwanda genocide they know how much pain certain statements brought to them you know, and the fact that Nigerians can go on Twitter and tweet tribal bigotry, can go on Twitter and say a lot of 
irrelevant things targeted at different tribes just goes to show that we never really learned about it we never really learned from the war we never really learned the effects of the war the causes and the effects because if we did if we if we knew how much pain how much lives were lost how much that war took nigeria as a country backward there are many things we will tread carefully before saying there are many things we will not just open our mouth and say just because one politician is giving you money just because you want one person to win you know because people's people's lives were lost and such such filthy comments can also lead to more war, more 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 insecurity you know i don't I, I mean i don't i don't think i'm a master of history but i think i know a little so i'd like us to just do a little a little time travel to things that might have led to this war maybe could have been avoided you know um i mean i wasn't i wasn't a fan of the war but one of the things i can say is that the war we did not learn from the war let me put it that way we did not because everything that caused the war we still see it's it's like um it's like two friends let me say a couple a boyfriend and a girlfriend who have these huge fights after a couple of months they settle they never but they don't address what led to the war they don't address what led to their quarrel they are bound to quarrel again they are bound to have that issue again and that's the issue with nigeria there was a war there was settlements but people never sat back to say okay look what led to this how can we prevent it from happening how can we what measures can we put in place because how can, what measures can we put in place to make sure that these things do not happen again those things never happened we just they just had the war they settled and everybody started living, living their lives and it doesn't work that way until we sit down as a nation and come together and say look let's reflect on what could have caused this war let's, let's reflect on what we can do better as a country i feel like the issue of tribal bigotry will still exist in our country i mean i pray we never have a war again but the truth is if we do not learn the lessons we need to learn we're, we're very close to such 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 from happening again you know i like to i like to take us back to i mean people like people if, if you and I, and I hate the fact that histories are not history is not taught in our schools people are not really taught about these things because if you ask people what led to the war many people do not know what led to the war some people say oh Ujuku was greedy oh Gohan was greedy but the truth is the war preceded these two figures these two figures they only came at a time where it had to happen i feel like even if the war didn't happen in Ujuku's time the war was going to happen eventually you know so i mean historians some people believe that all of this started from pre-independence you know they say the easterners and the southerners were the real people that pushed for independence you know back then amadu bello who was like the head of the northern region wasn't really a big fan of one nigeria you know wasn't really big on it he felt nigeria wasn't supposed to be a country and which to a large extent i understand i, I kind of agree with him because it was just a social or a business experiment by the british he puts the north and the south to be one we had no business being one you know but when when it was time for independence the british gave power to the north and a lot of people felt it wasn't right felt this could have spread you know it could have touched everybody but majority of the power was left with the north you know and then the north started doing their thing and then where it really got bad was in january 1966 yes um when we had the first coup led by um chukuma kaduna what's his name Nzegu, yes chukuma kaduna Nzegu. and you know um when this happened it was seen as an Igbo coup. But the honest, I mean, it was seen as an Igbo coup. It was seen like, oh, the Igbos were trying to attack the Northerners. But the honest truth is, from the interview I watched of him, what he said was, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't really attacking a tribe. They were attacking corrupt people. And sadly, at that time, it was mostly Northerners that was in power. In fact, one of the people that was stated to die at that coup was Aguin Ronsi. But just that Agu Yorosi was lucky to fight back because he was in Lagos. He was like the head of the Lagos 
Barack then or something like that, and then he fought back, and then he became the go the president, the commander in chief, the head of state. So it to some people it looked like oh the Igbos it was an Igbo coup to kill a lot of houses, you know, because a lot of houses were killed in the process. Samadu Bello was killed, Tafawa Balewa was killed. If very very few very few non-Northerners like um Okotiebo were killed, and then like I said, Agui Yorosu was stated to kill, but for, to be to be to be killed rather. But he got away, he fought back, and then he became the head of state. So already that brought a lot of tension on ground. It's like, oh, Igbo had a coup, they installed an Igbo man, Wahala has come, you know. So there was already a lot of tension, which Agui Yorosu in his own in his own ability tried his best to neutralize. So to the, to the best of his ability, tried to neutralize, tried to you know play fair to everybody. Although one of the grievances of the northern soldiers then was people who carried out the northern these eastern soldiers who carried out this first coup were just in jail it's like they were living their best life they were still being paid their salaries they were not cost marshaled they were they, they were just in jail there was no trial so a lot of northern london soldiers got angry and then the 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 counter coup which was in july 1966 which is known as which people call the northern coup or the Aousa coup and and this one a lot of eastern soldiers were, were killed so it was like a revenge coup you know the first one was seen as an evil coup the second one was seen as an Aousa or a northern coup and a lot of eastern or northern soldiers were killed and then um yakubu gohan came into power now from that time till like september 1966 there's something called the program of the of the, the evil program and it, i mean record shows that about 30,000 evil people were killed just because they were evil 30,000 non-northerners 20,000 Easterners were killed in the north during that period after the second coup just because we fought no just cause. In fact, some um, a British article I read said it was it was the Nigerian government funded the killing of its own citizens. I mean, we don't know how true that is, but the fact that nobody was nobody was brought to book, nobody was arrested and life just went on, you know, it just made it seem like it was orchestrated, it was planned, you know, and then this, all of this, all of this brought about unrest all of this made people like ujuku angry because at that time ujuku was like the head of the eastern region you know, like the like government governor general something like that of the eastern region you know and there was a lot of unrest you know it was like you know what's if they're going to keep killing my people then let's just go and then they had the aburi convention which was supposed to you know bring about peace we were supposed to bring an agreement come to an agreement you know and funny enough they they had an agreement you know they um, all, all ujuku was saying was the idea of one Nigeria is crazy. Let's have let's decentralize the country. Let's have different regions. We can have a commander in chief, a supreme head, who's like a figurehead who just comes when we need to make a unanimous decision. But let every region be responsible for themselves. And to me, I think I, it's 50, 50 years later, fifty six years later, and I still think that that's the solution of Nigeria. But that's a talk for another day, you know. And they had the agreement in Aburi Convention in Ghana. Um, they left, but coming back to Nigeria after the convention it seemed like to the nigerian part of it because now it was already okay look it was already there's already a nigeria there's already a biafra secession that was coming up and to the nigerians to go on and to his cabinet it didn't look like a fair deal i mean they agreed in ghana but coming to nigeria it seemed like oh it seemed like it wasn't a fair deal and then at the same time awolowo who was like the head of the southeast southwest rather was already pushing that if biafra is allowed to go we also would go so and then you know i don't know maybe it was show of power i don't know what came over but 
all of that transferred all led to the war. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the best historian or the best history student. If you know, if you have a better account of this, please hit me up and let's talk about it. But this is just a summary of everything. I mean, there are a lot of books you can read out there. I've read a couple of books, but this is a summary of what led to the civil war. And then the war broke out, and you know, when the war broke out, I mean, when when they, when I'm sure I'm sure when Ojuku freely announced that look, Biafra is breaking out, I'm sure he did that with the confidence that okay, since I'm moving out and I'm always going to take out the southwest, it's going to it's going to paralyze you know nigeria because then to not then to now be eastern nigeria which is biafra southwest whatever they want to call themselves and the north and then everybody can be happy you know but as soon when that happened for some reason Awolo was able to strike a deal with go on that prevent that prevented the southwest from breaking out so it made the nigerian forces stronger leaving biafra at one corner if you know the map of nigeria i'm sure you can picture all of this i'm saying in your head you know but i mean I i'm not here to push blames on biafra i'm not here to push blames on go on or juku or Awolo. I just tend to ask myself, what could have happened if Biafra was let was allowed to happen? What, what could have happened if Go on upheld the Aburi Convention and were allowed to be Nigeria was allowed to be decentralized? You know, the North take care of yourself, the South take care of yourself, the East take care of yourself. We come together and we need to make certain decisions for one country, and then everybody's independent of itself. I mean, like a confederation. I I, I tend to ask, would would that would it have been better for Nigeria? I mean, in my opinion, I think it would have been. I think it would have been if we had had everybody do their things independently you know come together we need to make decisions where everybody is responsible for themselves you know and i, I just i just stop to think sometimes of, of what could have happened if the war even didn't happen at all if there was going to be peace or even if the war happened now but at the end of the day prefer was allowed to go their way you know but what happened what didn't happen is not really my business what is my business now is the impact of tribal hatred the impact of tribal bigotry how we've seen it play out how we led to the loss of over two million biafrans in the civil war how we how we still see play out in nigerian elections how we still see nigerians take tribal sides even outside nigeria you see people still see poor tribal slows against each other and and we're supposed to be in quote one country i mean amadou bello like he said he didn't believe in the idea of one country but if we have to stick together, we have to find a way to make this marriage work. If we're not going to make this marriage work, then maybe we shouldn't stick together. I mean, we cannot have a country who claims that the most uh, our major resource is oil, but then the southeast and the south and the sorry the south south and the southeast that have this oil are, are the most impoverished um, um, region of the country. We cannot have a country that is claiming one Nigeria, but for some reason, some some regions are starved of development just so they know that economic power. You cannot tell me that a country that is one Nigeria has only one seaport, a country that is surrounded by water in different areas. You know, and all of this just makes us understand that we are not ready to learn. Martin Luther said, in order to move ahead, you have to learn from mistakes of the past. I, I, I mean, I would, I would hate to see another world break out in Nigeria. I would hate to see more lives lost but if we do not learn these lessons if nigerians still go on twitter to see bigotry if we have presidential candidates that still fund tribal hate for personal reasons if we have political candidates who endorse or who are quiet about tribal bigotry then there's, there was the progress in nigeria i mean 56 years ago the war started the main reason the war started has not, has not been taken care of a lot of lives were lost i hate to say but it's almost like those lost those lives were lost in vain Innocent civilians were killed. Innocent children were stabbed in Biafra side of the war. Innocent Nigerians were also killed on the Nigerian side of the war. 
But have we learned the lesson as Nigerians? As Nigerians learned that if we are to be warned, then we need to learn to tolerate. If we are to be warned, we need to understand that you cannot just say it. If we are to be warned, we need to restructure this thing called Nigeria. This federal system is not working. We probably need to decentralize like Ojuku suggested or like Amadou Bello earlier suggested. We need to wake up and, and, and you know look and look back and say, look, this thing isn't working. If this marriage is going to work, you know, um, it is what it is. I'm, I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm always big on one Nigeria, but I won't be delusional to say that this system is working. As much as I'm big on one Nigeria, I'm also very realistic that if one Nigeria has to work, things have to change. You know, I hate, I, I hate to say, but a lot of young Nigerians are growing up without proper knowledge of history. That's why we can't tweet all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, there are things you are forbidden from saying in Rwanda and you can just people just come on Twitter and just say all sorts and my question is when will we learn I mean I really wish Nigerians would take a step backward and read about the Biafra war we'd take a step back and see how, how small things like this led to the killings of 30,000 Igbos in the north how things like small comments like this led to two, two coups that led to a series of coups that changed the political structure of Nigeria forever until we learn, my guys, we're not moving forward. So yeah, um, I hope that for the last couple of minutes, I'll be able to take your mind off subsidy <laughs> for a short while. I'll be able to take your mind off subsidy and all the madness going on in Nigeria. But yeah, back to reality, man. We're still buying for over 500 naira, and exchange rate is crazy. Everybody's looking at the judiciary. We don't know what's gonna happen there. We don't know, but I know that we cannot afford another one month or two months of this hardship. We cannot afford another yeah yeah i know i promised you guys a talk about nyc but i've not really gotten a lot of feedback and i'm hoping that you guys will send me voice notes telling me about your experience in nyc and if you think it should be scrapped or kept you know i'm waiting to hear from you guys so that i can put together your responses and make that episode so please do me a favor two favors after this episode um you know do me send me a voice note if you did nyc um send me a voice note telling me what you think do you think it should be crap um, scrapped or do you think it should be kept and secondly share this link with a friend tell a friend to come and learn about Piafra or tell a friend to come and learn about nigerian history you know share this link with somebody and let's just you know put the word out there yeah thank you guys for constantly listening thank you for constantly giving me your time thank you for constantly giving me your time um god bless you and god bless the federal republic of nigeria